0: plan for your life. Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier and wealthier while having more fun every day?
1: Well, hello, power partners. It is Wednesday. This is our informational playground. It's Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am so happy that I always get to be your host right here live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And we hope to seed and stimulate and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. We have a, um, a very informative show for you today that I think will help you for, for the next few weeks One, in segment one, we're going to be talking about water, because besides the financial burden of having to relandscape, if you let your garden go, uh, it is dangerous not to have a fire safety zone. So we're going to talk how water matters and what you can do to save water and at the same time keep at least your garden alive until the winter rains come. In our second segment, we're going to be talking about some of the effects of climate change on our daily lives, like our health, our safety, our finances, our homes, our food, because um, 2020 was the Earth's second hottest year in over 140 years, it's crazy. And 19 of the hottest years have been recorded since 2000. So that means that most of the years are getting hotter. And then finally, you know, it's back to school time for the kids. So in-person learning is starting. Some schools start this week, but most of them in the next few weeks. So what do parents and students need to know to kind of ease that transition from home to school? Are masks mandatory? What can you do to, you know, help this new normal and help kids get back to Um, Not only in-person learning, but socializing as well. Well, the Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. The Pear Festival is coming up on September 25th, and we're thrilled that the La Merinda Weekly and MB Jesse Painting are um, going to be sponsors, so we thank them for that, and their websites will be listed on our website at Be the bethestarur.org. Click on Events. If you would like to volunteer, sponsor, get involved in any way you know shoot us an email info at bethestarur.org and this is one from vince lombardi excellence can be obtained if you care more than others think wise risk more than others think safe dream more than others think is practical and expect more than others think is possible so the reality is, you know, everything's possible if we want to put our minds and bodies and hearts and dedication to it. Well, how has your week been? I've had a very interesting week, but I, I look at it as being a fortunate week because on Saturday I turned on my computer after downloading the uh, newest update from uh, from Mac, I'm a Mac Aficionado And I had just downloaded the new uh, version of Mac OS Big Sur, which is version 11.5.1. And when I turned on my computer, there was a big thick black line on the right hand side. So I immediately Googled, (laughs) what is this black line? And I got all this information about the black line of death and, you know, what to do and blah, blah. And I tried several of those things and nothing worked. So I decided to shut down the computer, do the pram, you know, that you started up by holding the P, the R, and I can't remember if it's the control command or the option command, one of those two down. Um, resetting it, letting it, you know, come up, doing recovery mode, doing all that. And when I, after I did that, then just a big white screen came up and I looked on my phone and Googled that and that's called the white screen of death. And there were all kinds of things that were listed to do. However, I decided maybe instead of following what is being said to me on the internet, I should just call Apple. (laughs) And Apple's great. You call them um you you actually can type something in they'll call you back within a couple of minutes and their texts are wonderful well the texts ran me through everything that they could think of we spent a long time on the on the phone and at the end I was told there's nothing more that we can do I think your computer is fried (laughs) and so it was very, it was one of those rushes of, oh my gosh, I can't live without my computer. I am not one that lives on my phone. I really use my phone only for texting and emails and not very much texting. I mean, and I mean, not emails, um, texting and phone calls. I I really, I'm definitely a computer user. And so, um, it was a mad rush to try to get an appointment and, The nearest Apple store to me was booked completely until Monday night. This happened on a Saturday, which meant there was nothing I could do. And I found another Apple store, which was in about an an hour away, and the appointment was in about an hour and 10 minutes away. And it was the only appointment. (laughs) So I literally jumped in my car with my gardening clothes on. And you would laugh if you saw me in my gardening clothes. I made it to the appointment exactly on time. And they went through everything, tested it, and they told me that my computer was fried. Now, it it could probably be fixed, but the amount that it would cost, who knows how much it would have been. And probably just getting a new one would be you know, the least expensive way to go. So then I had to make another appointment and um, wait around a couple more hours to actually buy the computer from a salesperson. And even though I could have gotten it from some other stores like Best Buy or maybe even Target, I um went online at the Apple Store to these other stores and they all had wait uh, wait times of several hours to to purchase a computer. <laughs> so the bottom line is I did get a new computer and I do have it up and running. It's um, I, it's another MacBook pro, but this time you know it has Thunderbolt I had, um, USB ports three before so now I had to get adapters to use my other things and here's the kicker I am so um I'm just really about backing up my computer I do it about three times a week and I do it on three separate backup drives they're all new I mean within like a year old to two years old backup drives um of the three only one backup drive worked on the new computer. The other two did not work. So again, um, I got on with tech support with Apple, and they, they we went through the backup drives, and we did the first aid, and we did all this, and those drives just will not work. Um, so I was really fortunate that of three drives, one worked. So the moral of the story <laughs> of this long story is if you are like me and you have books and radio shows and newspaper articles and garden clients and design clients and acting work and all kinds of things on your computer, which I do, and I have like 35,000 photos, uh, maybe one backup is not enough. Maybe you need more so I am in the process now of I have to um, buy some more backups and hopefully these will work with the new computer and hopefully this won't happen again but thank goodness one backup drive worked and I am not plugging that into this computer until I have backup drives that I can back up this one because I cannot get anything off the other computer anymore so that is my sob story that is part of what my week has been like and the, but the hard thing is is when you when and I know everybody goes through these times uh, but when you have something unexpected first of all it's an unexpected expense uh, thank goodness for credit cards uh, second of all it's an unexpected amount of time that you have to put into it and um, third of all it meant that everything that I had scheduled between Saturday And Monday was preempted by trying to get the computer up and running. And and of course, I wanted to be up and running for today's radio show. And I have garden articles due. And um, I have a grant that I'm trying to write for Be The Star You Are. So uh, back up your computers, everyone. Well, I want to talk to you about water because it really matters. Benjamin Franklin said, when the well is dry, we will know the worth of water. We turned on the spigot, and there was just a trickle, and seconds later, there was nothing. And for over 100 years, the deep well had served three houses, several barns, and all the gardens on our ranch and our farm without any problem. But this summer, for the first time, the well is empty. The bucolic lake that was built by my dad and brothers in in the former horse pasture, which served as a family playground, a fishing area, and of course, farm irrigation reservoir for decades, it is also completely um, barren. In 2021, it is just a big basin of cracked clay. There is no water. So... In the San Joaquin Valley, an area known to be the breadbasket of fruit and nuts for America, the aquifers and canals are depleted. And it's projected that by 2040, um, an additional 535,000 acres of agricultural production are going to be lost. And if the drought persists and water's not available, we can double that amount of land and it won't be planted. And that's going to result in food uh, shortages around the country. So as everyone knows, 71% of the earth is covered in water, but over 96% of that water is saline represented by our oceans and seas. Now the human body consists of 60% water. So HTO is a vital nutrient to the life of every cell. Now people can survive without food for several days, but without water, Organ failure commences around the third day of dehydration. Water matters and water is scarce. And climate change is resulting in rising temperatures. And when the soil gets warmer, the heat waves worsen. 55% of the West right now is experiencing extreme drought conditions, 55% of the West of America. And some scientists have declared the summer of 2021, which is our summer now, is going to be the worst drought in over 1,200 years. So, what can we do? And what is a gardener to do? You know, because of the efforts to reduce water usage, as well as the higher costs of water, many people have asked me if it would be best to, in quotes, just let their landscape go. And my rapid reaction is a decisive no, N-O, capitalized. Because besides the financial burden of having to re-landscape, which will cost you much, much more than it did originally, maintaining a garden during the drought is essential not only for aesthetics and beauty, that the garden can provide you, but for keeping your home cooler and contributing to a fire safety zone. If you let your plants and trees die, your parched landscape could become a fire hazard. So here are some ways to minimize watering and also just keep at least a minimal amount of plants alive. First is to weed your garden thoroughly as weeds are huge drinkers. Mulch to conserve water. Add three inches of good quality mulch to your entire landscape and that will suffocate the weed growth. It'll conserve water. It'll prevent evaporation. And very importantly, it reduces the heat to the soil, which keeps the plants alive. Check for leaks in your sprinkler system. If you uh, find a a spike in your... um, Water bill, you probably have a broken pipe somewhere. And then water deeply and infrequently once or twice a week will suffice. Most plants need about an inch of water weekly. So check your soil to make sure that the water is penetrating the soil. Dry soil tends to shed water as runoff. And if that happens, you might need to water twice, like five minutes apart until you see the soil is saturated. Deep watering encourages a healthy root system while frequent watering, um, those short showers that we do, they're very wasteful and they're not beneficial to plant growth. If you want to see if water is needed, you could put a pencil into your ground. If it comes out wet, it's saturated. If it comes out dry, it is dry. Water early in the morning or early in the evening when moisture will be retained and refrain from fertilizing in the summer months as feeding promotes thirsty hyper growth. Mow your uh, lawns without using the bag because grass clippings supply nutrients to the lawn with less water usage. Now, don't worry about keeping your lawn super green. Just keep them alive, and it'll regreen when the weather is uh, wetter. And also, that green lawn helps keep your house cool, and it also is a fire prevention measure. Use soaker hoses around plants to eliminate evaporation. And trees can be especially vulnerable during a drought, so you might want to use a deep soaker wand to supply water to the roots. Don't put your irrigation on a schedule. Instead, just check your soil moisture and monitor your plants. Turn your system on when it's necessary, but do make sure to run it to keep the system free of invading insects, roots, and stagnant water. Now, summer is not the time to plant, but to plan. So any specimen that's planted in August is going to require regular and concentrated watering to establish really strong roots. So late fall um, is better. Right before frost, that's an optimal time for sowing. Recycle your household water. So if you just keep a bucket in your shower or, and your something like a bowl in your sink to catch the water from your faucet, you can use it on your house plants or pour it into your garden. When you steam or boil vegetables, allow the water to cool, then use it on your plants. There's actually vitamins and minerals in that boiled water, which your plants will enjoy. And then minimize your personal water usage. You Turn off the water when you brush your teeth or when you're soaping up in the shower. And for toilets, it's sad to say, but at least here in the West, we may be approaching that former drought mantra. If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. I mean, obviously that's a personal choice. But adjust your expectations for your garden. Accept the fact that your garden may not be as green, lush, and colorful as it would normally be if water scarcity wasn't an issue. Plants wilt to conserve energy and many plants are resilient and can deal with the hot weather and they will bounce back when winter rains. I mean, during the past two months, as I've said before, On the show, I've been personally repairing broken PVC uh, PVC pipes, valves, sprinklers, and hoses, as hiring anybody to assist me has been really, really tough. There just isn't anybody around. And between the marauding deer, the shifting soils, and invading roots, the work is endless, arduous, intensive. But it is very necessary. So I have also implemented all the tips that I just suggested to you. And I do want to say that taking a long relaxing shower used to be my reward after a hard day or a day of digging and weeding and pruning and repairing and building and planting or coaching or whatever I was exhausted from. But for the past few years, I have resorted to those three-minute scrubs (laughs) to save water. I turn on the water, I soap up and scrub, and then I rinse off. So no more relaxing showers. Um, We're very fortunate where I live right now is that you can turn on the faucet and you do have water, even though we are being rationed. But farmers throughout the state are not so lucky. So If you can, continue to grow some edibles as growing your own groceries will become more critical as the drought continues. And I do want to report that, as for now, on our family ranch and vineyards, we have to buy water. Last year's grape harvest was 100% destroyed by smoke taint from all the Napa Valley fires. And because of three-digit temperatures experienced this year so far, we've already lost 20% of our Cabernet Sauvignon. So I am praying for a winter of maximum snowfall. Water is life. It's precious. Don't waste it. Water matters. And again, I just want to remind you to visit be org and uh, mark your calendar for September 25th for the Pear and Wine Festival where we, our teens will be there and our Express Yourself teens will be there. Well, I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. When we come back from break, we're going to talk a bit about um, what you have to watch for because of climate change to keep your health, your finances, your welfare on track. Don't go away. I'll be back in a bit.
0: now back to the power party this business
1: of show well i am glad you're staying with me because this is an important topic of climate change and I don't know about you, but I don't listen to politicians. I like to listen to the scientists, and I like to do my own research, not knowing, you know, you, you never know if you're getting all the facts, but it certainly helps to do your own investigation. I was a history major, and so I always had to read a lot of books and a lot of periodicals and spend a lot of time at the library, and then you had to decide what was true and not true, and what I really found is his story, history, or her story, whichever you want to say. it's it basically comes down whoever to whoever writes it. So um, <laughs> I think we're always being revisionist. So for me, I think science is the way to go. But t- climate change, I mean, as a, a nature girl and a major gardener, I see climate change and how it's affecting my home and garden and life every single day personally. So there's more extreme weather, there's rising temperatures, and all of this is going to affect our health, our homes, our safety, and our finances. So what are we going to be able to do about it? I mean, if you remember this past February when Texas literally froze over there had never been seen ice storms so that they crashed into trees and power lines and they froze the wind turbines that the Texans used to heat and light Um, it was they some places had never seen snowfall. And um, it it was it was definitely bad. Uh, Natural gas and power plants froze up. And I know we had friends that lived in Austin and uh, they literally were um, cutting up furniture to stay warm. And what about last year's uh, California fires? Uh, There were over 10,000 blazes that consumed more than 4.2 million acres of forests and killed 33 people. I I talk about our ranch and farm that's in uh, Napa County a lot. And up until um, two years ago, although fires had gotten close, they hadn't actually come all the way there. But the last two years we have had fires and uh, and evacuations. And this past year, The fires burnt, literally, my brothers were able to save the house, but it burnt the orchards and the pastures and the trees and, and the, the, the lake area. Um, It was really, it was really bad. And then we had 100% failure of crops because of smoke taint. And so this, you know, last year's fire season was the worst in California history, and it claimed, uh all these ancient redwoods and sequoias, it changed the face of our golden state. There's no doubt about it. And again, this year, we're having lightning and record-breaking heat waves and those Diablo and Santa Ana winds. And there's now wildfires that are just going to keep California and actually the whole West Coast, Oregon and Washington, um all just in the news on a constant basis so these are really extreme weather events that are happening and it seems that every day is becoming more uh, extreme and scientists have been measuring the temperature of the air since the 1880s and as i said at the top of the hour 2020 was the earth's second hottest of the past 140 years, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and 19 of the warmest years on record have occurred since 2000. So that has to tell you something. So, no matter what you feel are the causes, whether it's natural or man made, the climate is changing, and the repercussions of this are not something that we can think about in the future. We have to think about them now because. There are going to be more violent weather and more negative issues that are going to affect us from where we want to live to how we get our food to how we take care of our health. It is um, our lifestyle choice that's going to be happening. So well, let's look at some of the things that are going to be affected. So let's talk about finances first. Because of the greater storm risk. If you are have a home, you are going to see rising home insurance rates because everybody pays for the devastation of the freezes, the floods, the hurricanes, the fires, um, whatever happens anywhere. We, the people, have to foot the bill. It doesn't just go to those areas. It goes to everyone. And annual rates are absolutely soaring on homeowners' policies, especially in storm-ravaged places, um, where premiums are just at a, a record high. And many people are having their insurance canceled. I think I shared on this radio show that our insurance, our homeowners' insurance, it doubled in price last year in 2020. And in 2021, the, this company that we've been with for years and years and always paid on time and, you know, all of that, all the stuff that you do to be uh, responsible, they canceled us because we're in California and it's a fire zone and they're pulling out. So it's difficult. So a factor in the rate increases is the uncertainties. If insurance companies fear that the worst case scenario might even get worse, they're going to prepare for that. And they are going to start raising rates. For, you know, people wouldn't have believed that a storm would rain in, um, deliver 40 inches of rain in four days in Texas until Hurricane Harvey hit in 2017. So, obviously, that had to be to be, to be thought of. Um, there's more than $20 billion in debt from hurricane payouts, and that's according to the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or we know it as FEMA. National Flood Insurance Program raised premiums in 2020 by 11.3, and much more for properties in the flood-prone zone And there's going to be a new risk rating 2.0 that's going to take effect um, October 1st. And this is the first time since 1968 that flood insurance premiums have been changed. So, again, you don't have to live in harm's way um, if that is happening. Uh, Again, almost no place is immune. The other thing a risk is going to, that is going to be expensive are our groceries because of farming conditions. If you think you're spending a lot at the supermarket now, last summer, at least a third of Iowa's corn, soy, and other crops were wiped out, and that was caused by wind damage and torrential rains in the Midwest. So extreme weather also hurt the supply of wine, as I said because of the fires in the last few years. Uh, last year, there were 14% less grapes that were brought to market, our property being one of them because of the wildflowers and of smoke taint. So the overall, the cost of food increased by more than double the rate of the year before. That's um, according to the Consumer Price Index for 2020. The cost of food more than doubled And of course, we had the pandemic. And the pandemic has called production and distribution disruptions. And experts are saying that the climate contributed as well, and it's keeping prices higher. So there are so many vulnerable crops like coffee and uh, honey and vanilla beans in, in, in different parts of the world. And we're likely to see more shortages and cost increases. And Climate change is posing even a greater risk to other parts of the world, as we see in the Middle East and Africa, where famine conditions are being exhibited and there are more refugees. The other thing is going to be the climate mitigation Um This might be an opportunity for more green investment. So with any crisis, there's always some hope and there's always opportunities. And companies are investing in green technologies and their successes could boost your investment funds. So right now, green investing is red hot. for stocks, bonds, funds, all of that. And in recent years, the number of investment opportunities in this category, which is called ESG, environmental, social, and government, is skyrocketed. So there's almost 400 open-end funds and exchange-traded funds, according to Morningstar. So this gives you some choices, and you may want to just look into them because as finances are going to get tighter because of the pandemic and because of climate change, you might have an opportunity to boost your income a little bit better. The other thing is where you're going to live, hotter temperatures. It is going to make a shift in the map of where people want to move. The new hot destination to live may not be one that's so hot. I remember several years ago, because I'm in Northern California, and I'm in this rural area that gets like morning fog and evening fog, and then it does get sun during the day. But when I first moved here, I absolutely hated that because I'm a sun girl. I love, love it hot. And I kept thinking, gosh, maybe I should be living down south more. And when um, my daughter was going to San Diego State and I was down there so much, I thought, oh, well, maybe I should be living in San Diego. Well, the thing about it is is it's hot now here. And that is, I'm happy that I didn't consider moving. But as temperatures and sea levels are rising, um, places like, you know, Ohio or Idaho or Vermont, they might seem to be the safe havens that you're going to want to live in. Inland U.S. cities at higher latitudes and elevation might be better insulated from extreme heat or coastal flooding. And there might be like mini booms to towns throughout the Appalachian or Blue Ridge Mountains where there are lower environmental risks than in previous coastal hotspots. I mean, Florida has seen a really big dip in its, um, you know, oceanfront housing. And of course, it had that horrible collapse. But Forbes is also talking about um, the climate risk uh, as it's talking about its 25 best towns to retire in. So when you consider the wildfires, uh, drought, mudslides in California, in Arizona, there's the 100 plus degree days, and now there are these monsoons and floods. There's the hurricanes and the flood surges in Florida. You start thinking differently about where you might want to live. And so we have to, you know, choose a place and look at the overall cost of living, the access to medical care, how walkable it is, crime rates, and can you go outside without broiling or needing a canoe? <laughs> um, also, the the chronic weather catastrophes are really having the home values fall. As I just said, you know, Florida has just been going down, 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 and I'm California seems to be holding its own with values, but the fact that you're not gonna be able to get insurance, that's going to be a, a tough one for the future. And we that also means that we're gonna to have to fortify our homes more with the more extreme weather. Now, three out of four adults um, want to stay in, who are 50 or older, want to stay in their home as long as possible. But that might require big upgrades because heat waves, floods, wildfire, fires are impacting our homes. So some of the concerns are could be mold in the basements or on floors. If you're in a flood zone, you could have roof damage from high winds and loss of power from storms. So it's forcing homeowners to make their structures more climate resilient. You know, people who live near areas prone to wildfire fires. Probably are going to need to upgrade their air filtration systems. They may need to put in a backup system for power because the power is knocked out. Um, you, in our area, landscaping has to be redesigned. You have to have a two-foot uh, perimeter, like of gravel or or bricks or a very low ground cover. You can't have bushes around your house or trees around your house. So there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to have to check up on. And then your health is something important. There's going to be seasonal changes. We can expect more allergies and more bug bites because as I as a gardener I know that my plants are blooming earlier. And that's not an imagination. It is, um, they have been, the US Environmental Protection Agency has been tracking this climate change and cataloging the spring blooms of honeysuckle and lilacs. And the evidence shows earlier dates appear prevalent in the last few decades. And I can say that everything is blooming about a month earlier than before here. And that has two measurable health effects. First is there's gonna be more pollen in the air and pollen season in the US is going to last 20 days longer um, or more than it did in 1990. And the air is filled with 21% more pollen. And that is going to lead to more allergies. And then the second factor for health is the rise of dangerous bug bites. Cases of diseases carried by ticks, mosquitoes, and fleas tripled in the United States between 2004 and 2016. And that's from uh, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention And the CDC reports that the rate of Lyme disease alone doubled between 1991 and 2014, driven by climate change and disease-carrying deer ticks, which are very active in warmer temperatures. So with hotter climate, you're going to have heat-related ailments. So that is another thing. Um, You know, uh, Death Valley in September reached 121 degrees a few weeks after California um, that what was that? No, it was 130 degrees, 130 degrees. That is the highest that it's ever had. And LA County recorded 121 degrees. So um, that's dangerous. Uh, as we get older to our physiological responses to hot temperatures, like sweating, releasing ha- heat through dilated blood vessels on the surface of the skin, thirst and all that diminish. So very important to be aware of climate change and of heat. So those are just a few of the things that we need to pay attention to with climate change. Um, You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm coming to you live on the Voice American Network. When I come back, we're going to talk a little bit about back-to-school tips and how you can help your kids feel more comfortable when they get back to school. So don't go away. Be the star you
2: are Change your world Change your life VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites Here's Cynthia Bryan
1: In today's rapid pace of change, a successful job could be outdated tomorrow. We have to learn how to reinvent ourselves. So your level of success in business is going to depend on your ability to adapt, transition, and reinvent yourself. It's important not to get stagnant and to greet change as an opportunity for growth. You'll always be valuable for what you do best, but being able to modify your skills to meet the emphasis of a technological world will soothe your best in the long haul. The age 65 retirement model will be abandoned by employers in the future, which means that an increasingly important criteria for hobbies and avocations of older people will be their potential to generate income. So your livelihood could be dependent on the reinvention of you. So get prepared. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passion into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com.
0: Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. visit our website at be the star to make a tax deductible donation using paypal or send checks to po box 376 376 moraga california 94556 be the star dare to care Now, back to the power party. This business of show.
1: Well, this kids gone. are going to be going back to school, so we have some tips for the pandemic back-to-school time. It is time to start preparing our kids to get back to school and get into a routine. And that routine might look a little different than it has in the years past. So here are a few tips to help make the transition a smooth one. So first of all... Uh, you want to talk about your fears and let the kids talk about their fears and then really listen to them because their fear of catching COVID may not be even on the list of their worries as kids are likely to be more concerned with the social and academic challenges that they're going to face this fall. And for little kids, just keep it really short. The less emphasis on the negative, the better. The second thing is you've got to ease into that routine. You might start getting your kids up a little bit earlier, um, a few days before school is going to start because when that alarm goes off, you don't want them to be like startled and not be able to get up. If they haven't uh, been um, on campus or starting a new school, try walking through the campus before school opens. That might be a good idea. Just knowing where the main office is and where the different classrooms are might be comforting. And if it's middle schoolers or high schoolers and they're embarrassed by wandering around with their parents, just set up, you know, like a group thing, maybe with some friends and let the group explore on their own. And you just like hang out in the background. And then stick to the facts um, when you're talking to kids about their safety. Don't feed their fears. It's not going to help. We, uh, We wouldn't be going back to school if it wasn't safe. And the schools have had, what, a year and a half now to prepare. So if kids need more reassurance, show them the guidelines and let them see what experts say. And always be positive because back to school anxiety isn't just limited to students. Parents have been under so much stress for the past 18 months. So it's a good idea to slow down, take a breath, and maybe as a parent, do a little self-examination, you know, find out what message are you giving your kids and then model the behavior you want to see in your kids. Because they're going to be grumpy. I mean, they're going to have to be getting up probably earlier. They're going to have homework. Um, There's going to be drama with friends and foes. I mean, this is what happens with kids and they're going to complain, but kids always complain and that's normal. And what we're hoping to do is get back to some kind of new normal. So some other things you could do is make sure that children are going to bed early enough and, that you have a morning routine where, you know, they get up, they brush your teeth, they have breakfast, they check their backpack, you know, you put their lunch in the backpack, whatever the routine is. And you might want to practice it before school starts, because if the school schedule is different this year, having a routine is going to be helpful. And then prepare the kids for the idea that the school may look a little different and that these changes are to keep everyone safe and healthy Children should know it's possible schools might have to close again and let them be prepared for changes and adjustments. And that way they'll be able to cope better. And just be honest and open. If you haven't discussed the pandemic a lot, your children may have overheard things and they may not have accurate information. And it's okay to tell them that you don't know all the answers or that you're wondering the same thing. But send them to the scientists, again, not to the politicians. And use these conversations as an opportunity to check in with your kids about any fears or anxiety that they may be experiencing. Ask them what they're looking forward to about going back to school. Ask them what makes them nervous. Uh, Be prepared for them to have some strong feelings one way or the other about going back to school. This will help normalize them. And the more that we help um, understand their feelings And let them know that those are okay, the more resilient that they're going to be and the better experience they're going to have. And as I said, is model good habits for your kids. And that should include good hand hygiene, covering your coughs and sneezes, staying home if you don't feel fail, wearing face masks in public, and especially for little kids. It's probably a good idea to start wearing face masks uh, now because you could do some fun things. You could make or you could get some fun masks um, uh, for your school, your preschool, daycare if they're going your school's going to require them. If kids are exposed to them early, it's not going to be a shock or it's not going to be a fright for them to wear them and if you model this behavior when you're going out or just practice doing it at home your kids are going to be okay with it so here are a few ideas for hands-on learning to supplement the modeling the good habits If you put some flour on your kids' hands and show them how it settles into the cracks and creases of your hands, you can explain that this is what germs do also and why it is so important to scrub carefully for 20 seconds when washing hands. Have them sing, happy birthday. You can put glitter on your kids' hands and have them wash with just water and show them how much glitter stays on the hands and then... Add some soap and show them how it gets the glitter off the hands. And again, explain to them this is how germs work and why it's important to wash with soap and water. And there's a lot of songs, you know, you can teach your kids. I like to just sing happy birthday to get that 20 seconds. But kids may like to sing the Washy Wash song that uh, is from PBS Kids with Elmo. That might be something fun. You could get a water spray bottle and show children how far germs can spread if we don't cover our noses and when we sneeze. So pretend to sneeze and spray the water to show them how far the droplets travel. And while there are still certainly unknowns about what the school year is going to hold, we have to be positive because kids are smart and they know when parents are stressed and worry. And if we do our best to present information in a positive manner – Kids will be fine with it. And again, we know that returning to school has taken on a new meaning and a new set of worries for parents and caregivers during this age of coronavirus, um, COVID-19, and now this new Delta variant. And schools must now balance the educational, the social, and the emotional needs of their students, along with the health and safety of the students and staff in the midst of this. So the decision on what school and learning looks like is going to be made on the local level by school boards and probably government officials. But overall, schools largely choose from one of three options, distance learning, where all instruction is done remotely uh, using technology, in-person schooling, where, which is you know, traditional schooling, or the hybrid, which is the model includes elements of both. So schools might adopt one or more approaches during the course of the school year and the pandemic. And we need to be prepared for a variety of these school environments and empower yourself as a parent and your child to reduce anxiety. In each case, there are going to be steps you can take to reduce your risks of getting COVID and help your child feel safe and make informed decisions during the COVID-19 pandemic. And as far as vaccinations, of course, it's a personal choice, but the FDA has given the pfizer Biotech COVID-19 vaccine emergency use authorization for children ages 12 to 15. Uh, it does require two injections given 21 days apart. And what the research is showing with that one is the vaccine is 100% effective in preventing COVID-19 virus in children ages 12 to 15. Now, previous research has shown that the vaccine is 95% effective in uh, preventing COVID with people 16 and older. So after being fully vaccinated, your child could return to doing many of the things that he or she hasn't been able to. So just check it out. But in any case, you know, continue practicing social distancing or physical distancing, whatever you want to uh, call it, and um, and wash your hands and wear your mask and just pay attention to the science because we want to keep you safe. And if you're sick at all, just stay home. Um, And if you get exposed to COVID, talk to your doctor and plan on what it is you're going to do. So good luck back at school. I I wish all the kids well, and I wish the parents uh, a lot of Less anxiety, and hopefully, all will be well with everyone. Well, that is our show for today on the first Wednesday of August. Thanks for being great listeners and allowing me into your life. For more information, visit cynthiabryan.com. For more information about the charity Be the Star You Are, go to be the star you I always like to bring you information to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. And I hope that you are still reading a book this week because it is like a garden in your pocket. Until we celebrate next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self and stay safe, stay healthy, stay well, and always be here. Thanks for joining me.
0: Be the star you are. The star.